0: The relative humidity, 92%, and that's the news from RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and your guest presenter is Jenny Lam. On today's program, we're talking, we're looking at how Hong Kong is doing in reviving its tourism industry. So the tour
2: groups are back now that quarantine-free travel has resumed with the mainland, but residents in Hong Kong and Taiwan are now complaining about crowded streets, noise, and rubbish left by
1: visitors joining so-called budget tours. The executive director of the Travel Industry Authority, Annie Fonda, says the current situation isn't ideal, and stakeholders are working to find a solution.
2: Overall, latest figures show that some 1.46 million tourists came to Hong Kong last month, more than 80% of them from the mainland. This has tripled the number from January, but is still only two-thirds down from the pre-pandemic levels.
1: After 9.45, we'll speak to an expert about higher tuition fees at the English Schools Foundation.
2: So let us know what you think. You can leave us a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 266
1: Now joining our discussion this morning, we have on the line lawmaker Doreen Kong and Professor hai Yen Song, Associate Dean at the Polytechnic University's School of Hotel and Tourism Management. Good morning, Ms. Kong. Good morning. And good morning, Professor good morning. Song. Thanks. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, so, Ms. Kong, um, we've been hearing about residents in Hong Kong and Toh Kwa Wan complaining about uh, disturbances caused by visitors who joined uh, so-called budget tours. W- what's your understanding of the situation?
3: Yeah, Actually, about a month ago, I received some messages from residents in Toh Kwa Wan. Uh, at that time, they spoke some of the shops originally um, actually um, serving the to Tokua Wan, uh, the uh, serving the tourists, they are refurb- they were refurbishing. Uh, that is, you know, trying to ready for business. So I remember at that time, about a month ago, I went there. I went to the Kwa One area, and um, at that time, there was nothing. But about a week ago, I received complaints again from the residents in Kwa Wan. But this time, I went there, and I did really. Uh, Find uh, a lot of tourists actually wandering, walking, you know, along the streets, maybe waiting for the lunchtime.
1: All right. But then you said uh, you've seen a tourist walking on the streets. I mean, how many are you talking about?
3: Um, I remember, for example, when I stayed there for about 10 minutes, at least five or six groups of tourists.
2: Okay, so um, Hong Kong has been looking forward to this reopening of the border with the mainland and now they're back. So this is not a new problem. Uh, Toh Kwa Wan and Hong Kong have always had these shops. Why the complaint?
3: Of course, because uh, as we know, Toh Kwa Wan and Hong Kong, they are not made for tourists, right? and uh, they are actually very densely populated residential areas. So the residents are complaining whether there are enough infrastructures or facilities in the area for such a large group, large number of tourists.
1: All right, I have a comment here from our listener, Henry. It's uh a... it's a bit long, but I'll try to go through it quickly. Henry says that Hong Kong is a small place and many tourist attractions are in busy residential areas. For example, the Jade Market, should it revive, Temple Street, Wan dried food shops, etc. He says there are various local operators, most probably uncoordinated. And uh, he points out that in the past, even hiking trails, camping sites were tourist-flooded. And uh, Henry goes on to say that uh, he saw five groups of German tourists from a cruise ship on the peak yesterday and the pavilion was uh, somewhat crowded. Um, Imagine, he says, if they all visited the pavilion at the same time. And uh, that comment is from Henry. Now, um, Professor Soong, like Henry uh, just reminded us, Hong Kong is a small place. Um, what's your view on the situation in Toh Wan and Hong Kong? Do, do you think it's a problem that will persist or, or are we just uh, going through an adjustment period?
4: Yeah, I think uh, it probably is uh, going through uh, uh, adjustment period and uh, still comparing with um Pre-COVID-19, uh, the number of tourists in Hong Kong relatively small, uh, so uh, I think there may be a, a, a traffic control issue, and also where the tourism have been taken to uh, by travel agencies and tour guides. Uh, I think uh, there's still a lot of places um, they still can't handle, uh, um, you know, uh, increasing number of tourists uh, within Hong Kong. I guess uh, there's. Uh, some time need to be to be uh, adjusted.
1: And uh, Professor Song, when, when we talk about these uh, budget tours, uh, what are we talking about exactly? I mean, they're not the same as the uh, zero fare um, tours we saw a few years ago. So, um, you know, where, where, where tourists are forced, uh, we're forced to uh, shop. So, so what are they exactly?
4: Yeah, the low-budget tour, basically, uh, uh, the tourists uh, sign up for a package tour with a relatively low uh, budget. Uh, For example, recently I talked to some uh, budget tourists from uh, mainland China in northeast of China, Dalian, uh, precisely, and they pay around 3,500 RMB, uh, which will include international travel, uh uh two days accommodation in hong kong one day in macau and then visiting uh, tourist attractions plus all meals right this is actually is what we call low budget tour uh, basically the local businesses like airlines and restaurants and hotels probably they are only recover the cost uh, uh you know the, the uh, their business cost so with a very limited profit for the businesses therefore it's very difficult for the business to provide high quality services and the tourist satisfaction probably will be low as well if the service quality is not good. Uh, So I don't think this type of uh, a lower budget tour is the future of Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong should diversify a little bit more into other type of tourists.
2: I I suppose uh, Professor Song, the point that Doreen Kong was making was that residential areas like Hong Kong and Tokua just simply are not equipped to handle large crowds of tourists. I mean, you know, unlike Chimsa Sha Chui, for example, there, there aren't other places that these tourists can go to. They can only go to specific shops. Um, what does the tourism industry think that um, they can do to resolve this?
4: I think it's better planning, better uh, you know, traffic control, and also uh, uh, look at uh, where the tourists, uh, uh, you know, uh, mostly go to and crowded. and This probably should have a coordinated uh, control of tourism flows within within Hong Kong. Hmm. We
2: it's it we seem to have. Well, I mean, given that the most of the tourists are from the mainland, and and it seems that uh, a lot of the complaints are about them. Do you do you think this is I mean, we have tourists from other countries as well. Why is it that we don't have um, the same kind of complaints?
4: Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, this property is uh, uh, the large number of uh, tourists from mainland China. People see a lot of the tourists who uh, uh, went to the residential areas. Uh, and Probably uh, the residents feel a little bit crowded. I don't think they probably particularly complaining about... Uh, tourists from mainland China, probably any tourists who uh, 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 crowded these areas. Um, so I'm not sure whether they are directly uh, targeted Chinese tourists.
2: Oh, okay, so some some of these lawmakers are now saying, "Oh, we should regulate these these um, you know budget tours." What do you think?
4: To some extent, I agree. I don't think uh, we should encourage. Uh, uh too many budget tours uh into hong kong as i said earlier does not benefit a great deal to the local economy i think we should diversify into Uh, Other type of tourists, such as event tourists and high-end tourists, they will spend much more in Hong Kong, even they may stay uh, in Hong Kong uh, for a short period of time, but they probably bring much more income to the local economy and benefit local businesses and local residents. Uh, I think in terms of uh, legislation, I think some some sort of... uh, uh, regulation will, uh, will help in terms of uh, trying to control uh, the lower-budget or even zero-budget uh, tourists coming into Hong Kong, not only from mainland China, bro, but from other uh, Southeast countries as well.
1: All right, I want to just go back to Ms. Kong. Ms. Kong? Yeah. yeah. Um, earlier, we were talking about uh, what these uh, budget tours, uh, what these uh, latest budget tours are, really. I mean, what's your understanding? I mean, uh, Professor Song was saying that, uh, from his understanding, these are budget tours that, uh, for example, cover travel and uh, includes a two-day stay in Hong Kong and maybe one day in Macau. But, uh um, what is your understanding of these tours? It seems like some of these tourists are taken to a number of uh, eateries uh, in a short uh, space of time. Is that, is that your understanding? I mean, they're uh, not taken yes. to retail shops, but they're taken to um, different eateries instead.
3: Yes, yes. Um, actually, two days ago, I did talk to some tourists in the Shongong Street areas, And I, actually, I found them, they are very friendly. And they wanted to see you know everything about hong kong but um it's because you know uh these two operators they you know they just uh they just took them to some you know maybe a very you know some maybe a low cost very low cost eateries and especially you know around the same area at the same time therefore it creates a lot of congestion and a lot of problems for the locals. so uh, I totally agreed with what Professor Song said about coordination. I think the government right now must do a lot of coordination work among all the stakeholders, of course, including the local residents, these tour operators, uh, restaurants, bus companies, retail, and uh, even hotels. I think the, actually the travel industry, the tourism, um, these aspects involve a lot of stakeholders. I think coordination is more important than legislation at, the,
1: at this moment. Right. Do you have something more, more specific? Because um, some lawmakers and representatives from the tourism sector have suggested that, uh, for example, the travel industry authorities stop issuing operation licenses to uh, restaurants uh, in, in overcrowded locations, and uh, some have suggested restaurants uh, serving these tours to implement a booking system. Um, what is your, what's your suggestion?
3: Okay. As a, as a Hong Konger, I think I want to show the best of Hong Kong to tourists, and I think what we are facing right now, first of all, are some Im, you know, very immediate measures to solve the problems now. Um, we need to talk to the tour operators to find out the issues and, for example, to sort out this kind of uh, lunch problems or the, you know, the shopping problem. This is very short term measures. But if you ask me long term, we need to think about our strategy for tourism. How we want to position Hong Kong, you know, in front of tourists. For example, like Macau, they position themselves as Asia Entertainment Hub. Then what about Hong Kong? And the Bureau, of course, has to talk to the industries, various stakeholders to see their difficulties. For example, how to tackle this kind of low budget tour groups. And we also need to think about our capacity, like Janice, you know, you just mentioned. We, we don't have enough eateries or, you know, even not enough parking spaces in Tsim the central area. And whether we have the capacity to open up Hong Kong suddenly to all tourists. And, um, you know, um, the infrastructure, you know, I just mentioned is also very important. I think, of course, we have to respect the freedom of commercial activities but if all these activities will affect the image of hong kong or will create potential conflict between the locals and the tourists we will have to understand the issues and the government has to manage the problem
1: right you just mentioned the long-term development of hong kong tourism industry um, what do you think of what Professor Stone was saying earlier? He said uh, we, we shouldn't b- uh, basically focus on budget tours. Uh, we should uh, diversify more to other tourists. Do you agree with that?
3: Um, I think I, I, I agreed partly with that. I think for tourism, as we all travel to different countries, for, for, you know, for a lot of countries, there are different types of tourist uh, activities. For example, we can have tour groups. We can have some, you know, stand um, standalone what we call the zhiyao You know, tourists just come to Hong Kong by themselves.
1: Individual travelers. And,
3: mm-hmm. Yes, individual travelers. And we, we should provide different activities and different kinds of itineraries to different groups of tourists, not just low-budget tour groups. And we need to, because we need to educate the Hong Kong people and we need to let our locals know... What are the real benefits of tourism? Right now, if you ask me, okay, I'm a local. If we just serve the low-cost, you know, the low-budget tours, like what we are facing right now, of course, the Hong Kong people cannot see the real benefits of tourism.
2: Professor Song, do you think this has something to do with the way that uh, Hong Kong as a tourism destination is promoted in the mainland? Is it? Is that something that needs to be done there? Is Hong Kong's image like a, a low-budget destination? Is that why we attract so many low-budget tours?
4: Uh, I don't think Hong Kong is trying to promote uh, uh, itself as a low-budget destination. Hong Kong uh, in the past used to be known as a shopping paradigm and also a gastronomy destination uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, so I, I think Hong Kong uh, uh, tourism board has tr- uh, has been trying to rebrand Hong Kong as an international destination with diverse um, uh, provision of uh, tourism products and services, uh, with a view to uh, generate you know um, uh, good uh, tourism income uh, uh, in Hong Kong. I think that's has, uh, you know, the government has uh, 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 Hong Kong Tourist World has been promoting uh, uh, Hong Kong as a, a preferred uh, tourist destination not only in mainland China but also other parts of the world uh, but I think at the beginning of a tourism recovery uh, the low cost tourist um, package tours has to be, uh, I think is uh, Ill- uh, li- legitimate in the sense that we need uh, uh tourists coming into hong kong to start uh, the activities and also generate income provide employment for local businesses uh, but in the long run uh, you know of course we should actually think of uh, 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 other type of tourists uh, i think the low-cost uh, tourist package tours will not benefit uh to hong kong uh, in the future, not only in terms of the image, but also in terms of the benefits that that will bring.
1: All right. Yeah. Oh. All right. I, I have a message here from our listener, Les. And uh, Les says, uh, honestly, let's uh, all get a grip and remember that we have just exited a three-year pandemic, an unprecedented event that uh, brought many businesses to their knees. Let's uh, welcome everyone wherever they are from. Let's be grateful that people want to visit us again and let's stop complaining. And uh, that message is from Les. Um, Professor Song, I mean, Les there, she, she has a point. And um, what do you th- think what's the best way to achieve the right balance uh, where visitors can have a good time while residents uh, won't be affected?
4: Yeah, I, uh, I agree with this comment. Actually, I said earlier, at the beginning of for the recovery, we need tourists coming into Hong Kong, uh, different type from different countries and different parts of the world. And that actually will restart the uh, Hong Kong tourism industry. Uh, but in the long run, I think uh, uh, any destinations will have their uh, on strategies in terms of attract what type of tourists uh, and, and also there's the carrying capacity in a destination and uh, you cannot actually uh, uh, handle every tourist trying to coming into the destination but that, that is in the long run. I think in the long run I, I think Hong Kong has a potential uh, in terms of developing for example uh, cultural heritage tourism uh, and also sport tourism, event tourism and also maybe uh, as a holiday uh, destination, especially for uh, the tourism who will stay much longer, uh, and and medical tourism is another direction that we can we can we can go. Uh, in the past, the meeting conventions uh, is a very important uh, sector of the tourism industry. I think in the future we should revitalise uh, the conference meeting. Uh, exhibition uh, as well, which will attract mainly business uh, tourists. I think diversification is the key in the future.
1: All right. So, Ms. Kong, just now uh, Professor Sung has has cited different examples of uh, where Hong Kong can go in future in terms of its tourism development. Um, But right now, I mean, looking at uh, um, the revival or the recovery of our local tourism industry, um, how big a role do you think uh, these low-budget tours uh, uh, will be playing?
3: Um, I think um, in the short, you know, in the short run, I think this is, uh, we can, this is unavoidable. And I fully agree that we need time to do this kind of adjustment
1: and recovery.
3: I do hope that the government will look at it and, you know, try to sort out, you know, some short-term measures for the locals and explain more to the locals that, you know, we, we we don't have choice right now, you know, in a short while. We need to face it and then let's tackle the problem together. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, this is, uh, I think, uh, if you ask me, this is a good opportunity for the government to work with the Hong Kong people to try to really got some real recovery, you know, after the three years of pandemic.
2: Okay, back to this problem with these budget tours, Professor Song. I mean, uh, Mainly, we've all heard these complaints of tourists being treated badly and forced to shop in specific um, shops that, that most other people wouldn't visit. Isn't this a problem that we should look into about the licensing of these um, travel agencies that, that bring these tourists? I mean, you know, pre- presumably if you're a tourist, you don't want to just go to one place. You, you want to go to lots of places. Isn't it a licensing problem of these low-budget Tourist agencies?
4: Um, uh, I think probably uh, as uh, we uh, discussed earlier, uh, now actually uh, uh, we need uh, all types of tourists. But in the long run, actually, when the industry recovered and the industry themselves actually will uh, be looking at uh, different. uh, Segment of tourists coming into Hong Kong probably will, uh, will be engaged in more profitable uh, tourist groups. If uh, packed tour still uh, the aim uh, of main products of these travel agencies, I think they will upscale themselves. Uh, uh, you know, in the future when the economy uh, is recovered and also uh, more tourists uh, were coming into Hong Kong. Uh, and, you yeah, know, legislation uh, I guess in the past uh, we still have uh, some uh, uh, legislation legislation being introduced to curtail control the zero-budget tour uh, in the past uh, I think the legislation is still there uh, I don't think we need to have uh, more stringent and uh, laws and legislation legislation to to control uh, the tourist uh, right.
2: agencies right you gave lots of good suggestions about a, a you know better type of, of tourism other than these budget ones what is there to stop these agencies from switching from budget to these uh, higher end um types of travel
4: uh, i guess it's the demand right uh, think about it after uh, three years uh pandemic and uh, the economy although uh, still in a uh, relatively good shape, but the income level of tourists uh, reduced, especially, uh, you know, at the lower end of middle class uh, people and also probably a relatively uh, lower income group. and uh, They want to travel and perhaps Hong Kong is the first destination they will travel to. Uh, but the income level, uh, uh, dispensable income is not as high as pre-COVID-19. So probably more and more people will demand for this type of uh, uh, tours. But when the Chinese economy uh, is getting back on track and, uh, you know, the income level improves, uh, middle class, uh, you know, group expands, they will have different uh, demand and different choices, I'm sure. Uh, Along the way, you will see more and more uh, tourists coming into Hong Kong for... Uh, you know, luxury holidays and other type of tourism. All right.
1: uh, Professor Song, we're, we're about to take a break for the news. Uh, let's continue our discussion afterwards when we will be joined by Fanny Yeung, the Executive Director of the Travel Industry Council. And uh, Miss Kong, thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, lawmaker Doreen Kong. Now, if you have any questions for our guests or just uh, want to share your views on today's topics, you can leave a message on our Facebook page Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88-266. And uh, here's a quick look at the weather. Cloudy with a few rain patches. The top temperature will be around uh, 21 degrees. Winds, moderate easterlies, fresh at first. And the outlook, mainly cloudy with temperatures rising gradually in the next couple of days. Right now it's 19 degrees. Relative humidity, 92%. It's now 9.30 with a new summary. Here's Andrew Shirofsky.
0: Social welfare groups have welcomed plans to allow transitional housing projects to operate for longer periods. The deputy director of the Society for Community Organizations says it gives the tenants more stability. Si Shan also welcomed plans to allow more people to access the temporary homes instead of reserving 80% for those who had been waiting at least three years for a public flat. MTR passengers face their first fare rise since 2019, with the rail giant confirming a 2.3% hike this year. Most fares will go up by 40%. Sir, excuse me, 40 cents or less. Last week, officials approved an update to the mechanism used to set MTR prices. Police in the U.S. city of Nashville say the suspect involved in a mass shooting at a school on Monday had legally purchased seven firearms. And Myanmar's military rulers have dissolved the political party of Nobel laureate Aung San Suu Kyi. We'll have more news for you at 10 o'clock. There are always adversities in life. If you're emotionally distressed because of family conflict, debt, marital or interpersonal problems, and you don't know how to deal with the situation, please call Caritas Family Crisis Support Centres 24-hour crisis hotline one 18288 to talk about it. A bend in the road is not the end of the road. If you're willing to seek help, you will find a way. The Minimum Wage Commission is currently studying how to enhance the review mechanism of the statutory minimum wage, including the review cycle and how to improve efficiency while balancing various needs. You are invited to send your views to the Commission on or before April twenty-fourth. For details, please visit its website at mwc.org.hk.
1: Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Wednesday morning with Jenny Lam and me, Janice Wong. Still with us on the program is Professor Haiyan Song, Associate Dean at the Polytechnic University School of Hotel and Tourism Management. And joining us now is Fanny Young, the Executive Director of the Travel Industry Council. Good morning, Ms. Young. Morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Now, in the first half of the program, we uh, heard from lawmaker uh, Doreen Kong about some of the complaints she received from residents in Tokwawan Wan uh, about disturbances caused by visitors who joined as so-called uh, budget tours. What's your assessment of the situation?
5: Well, uh, we we could understand the situation. After all, you know, while our travel agent is providing a service to to our mainland visitors, we we need to provide different tour products to cater for customers with um, different dispensable income level. So uh, in the market, we have uh, of course high end tour product, and there's also lower end tour product, which giving a fair chance for more people to travel to enjoy their holiday. So. Um, Well, it is a supply and demand, and then the market will rationalize itself. According to the Travel Industry Authority, we, we didn't receive any complaints from businesses so far. And from the TV news, it seems that businesses are okay. But having said that, the situation is not ideal. There are a lot of measures need to be in place to improve the situation. Particularly, we should not have too much disturbance to the local residents. and, And at the same time, we should shorten the waiting time of our visitors to enhance their experience.
2: Uh, Ms. Yang, these complaints about budget tours causing disturbances in residential areas like Hong Kong is not new. Isn't part of the problem that these travel agents, they get a commission to specific shops and therefore they bring the tourists to force them to shop there? Isn't that the problem? Uh,
5: No, not not exactly uh, that was the case. And I think, uh, you you know, since... since uh, early that we start the, uh, the 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 boundaries opening, so uh, I mean, it is not a very long time that we we, we will have to uh, I mean uh, service our our visitors, and and basically, frankly speaking, it is not enough restaurants which can hold this much of uh, visitors within this uh, I mean a, a one month plus period of time. So so it is a starting point. I I'm quite sure that when it um, uh, when it roll a little bit longer time, we have uh, more restaurant. It will improve the situation. Of course, other measures need to be done as well.
1: All right, and uh, you, you mentioned that the, right now the situation is not ideal, and the measures should be uh, put in place to improve the situation. What kind of measures do you think uh, will be effective?
5: Well, uh, we we understand that um, yesterday uh, the trouble industry authority having some uh, meetings with uh, with uh, locals. Uh, I mean uh travel agents restaurants and and so forth the, the the shopping shopping places so um the first thing is that they they will going to implement a, a reservations system all right uh starting from this Thursday actually that will be tomorrow. So, um, I mean, having this system is that uh, you, they have to have a reservations with that two restaurants. So, if it is not under your reservations yet, you should not go there. So, it will reduce the number of visitors at say, I, I mean, at the at the same period of time rushing into the same places. So, there will be a reservation system, and and also um, I understand that they will have some parking spaces uh, nearby a car park or whatever nearby. So. So the, the coaches will not, uh, I mean, stop all around that on, on that street only. So so in order to to reduce the crowds that will be around in that that, that area.
2: So Professor Song, uh, Ms. Young is suggesting that the restaurants need time to to catch up with this reopening, um, and the parking spaces need to be resolved. What other um um sort of areas do you see that we need to um, address? so that our tourism industry can recover properly?
4: Uh, Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, uh, probably better planning uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, coordinated uh, work between different uh, service providers. I think that is something that we can do. And also, uh, Currently, there's a, still a labor constraints in the ho- hospitality and tourism industry. So, in the long run, probably education encourage more people to be uh, involved in training. Uh, you know, hospitality and tourism professionals, and even uh, you know, uh, the expansion of uh, programs in tourism hospitality uh, to ensure the quality of the. Uh, service providers uh, and uh, professionals uh, also very important in the long run.
1: All right. Professor Sung, so just now, Ms. Uh, Young ju is uh, saying that uh, to uh, resolve the problem we've been seeing in Toh one and Hong Kong, uh, a reservation uh, booking system will be uh, um, implemented starting from tomorrow and uh, there'll be also uh, car parking spaces provided for these tour buses. Do you think uh, that that will work?
4: No, I think that's a good idea. Uh, I'm sure if they were... Reduce the, the 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 issue and problems uh, by implement, uh, implementing the reservation and/or providing additional parking spaces.
2: Yeah, Ms. Young, Professor Song is saying that labour shortage and training are some of the challenges um, the travel industry is facing. Do you agree? What other what other issues are there for the recovery of the tourism industry?
5: Definitely. I think, uh, well, actually the manpower shortage it is, uh, uh, it is across, uh, a lot of industry and travel industry is particularly, uh, critical. So, um, uh, and, and the other thing is that, uh, you, even though for, not only for the, I, I mean, guy or, or, or the travel agency, travel agency staff, even though for, for this restaurant, I mean, they, they also short of staff. So all this kind of, uh, uh, shortage on manpower it affects our our services and and as I mentioned, we may also try uh, i mean on the other restaurant or shopping shopping places um, also need to be in other other uh, districts as well but if you need to uh, i mean open more district uh, i mean more more restaurants and things you need manpower again so i mean it is a very serious uh, uh, issue on on us and and we are we are just uh, trying to to ramp up more resources to cater for it, and uh, I think Professor did, um, I mean, pointed out. Uh, I mean, one of the other challenges that we we don't have uh, new joiners to the industry. That is also uh, a, a issue, an issue for us.
1: And uh, and Miss earlier you uh, mentioned that uh, um, there is a need for more restaurants to uh, cater for these tour groups. Um, how many more? I mean, because right now I'm looking at a figure, and uh, it says that the travel industry Authority um, has already got uh, what 13 registered shops located in Hong Kong and Toh Kwa Wan.
5: Right, right. And, and actually we are exploring for other, other districts. What, what I understand is that, uh, they would try to have someone in Chimsacha East. Uh, of course, I mean, the, the exact location is, is not yet, uh, not yet defined. But, uh, you know, because right now it is just, uh, end of March. We expect more, more tourists will come, uh, especially during the, uh, I mean, golden week of, uh, uh, golden week in early May. So, so at least I think we, we need to, to have at least 50% more of what we have right now I mean to cater for the coming, coming two months uh, uh, demand.
1: And it won't be just in Hong Kong and Turquoise
5: No, 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 definitely not. That one. We're putting ourselves into the situation again.
2: I mean, we've been talking here about the problems with low budget travel. Can you tell us one of, some of the challenges the higher end of tourism is facing currently?
5: uh I, I think again that is also because of the manpower resources you know high end they need to have a a more uh, intensive kind of service so uh because of the uh, uh i mean uh, manpower resources shortage so that is also a an issue for us actually i talked to some of the um i mean the travel agents uh it, it is also a a pity that um some of the dual group, I mean, even though the high-end tool group, uh, we are unable to really take the business in because we don't have um, we don't have staff sufficient staff to to serve them, and of course we don't want to have a bad experience with that high-end customer as well. So so um, that that is the challenge on our side again is on manpower resources. And um, for for the other hand, is uh, even though the um, the the kind of a uh, coach service. Uh, we, we don't have enough
1: driver and then that was another issue for us right and miss young looking at the general situation uh, when we look at the uh, latest tourist figures um some 1.46 million tourists came to hong kong last month uh, that's uh, more than 80 percent of them are from the mainland um, and uh, like i mentioned at the beginning of the program it's a triple the figure from january but it's uh, still two-thirds down from pre-pandemic level um, how would you, I mean, what do you, what do you think of the figures? Are, are mainland tourists uh, that interested in visiting Hong Kong? Is
5: well, I, I think Hong Kong is still an appealing place for, for mainland tourists because, I mean, uh, the, uh, the pre-pandemic time, we have a lot of uh, I mean, infrastructures being built up, uh, let's say the, the West Kowloon District area. Uh, so all, all these, uh, I mean, new, uh, new attractions, um, they haven't been... been been visited before, so this is, uh, I mean, definitely, uh, I, I mean, attracting, attracting them. Uh, but again, when you talk about the uh, the figures, the number of uh, visitors that the visitors count, um, well, I, I think uh, we we have been um, shared that. Um, I mean, the tourism industry recovery takes a very long time, uh, and also particularly right now, uh, I mean, our flight capacity is still a issue. So in order to catch up back to the uh, pre family time, a lot of the things need to be uh, working together in order to have a, uh, I, I need the kind of supply that is sufficient enough for us to hold tourists. Uh, what we suspect uh, includes the uh, consideration on the flight capacity assumption. Um, maybe tourists next year, next year, the second quarter, hopefully we can have the, uh, I mean, going back to the pre plan
1: Pre-pandemic figures, right? And, and apart from mainland tourists, we we are seeing more international travelers coming into Hong Kong, uh, uh, particularly because we we have been uh, having uh, holding several international events, so for example, exactly. um, Clock and Flap earlier Robbie, this month and yes. Rugby Sevens this yes. weekend. Um, um, Professor Song, are we are we seeing a change in Hong Kong's mix of tourists?
4: Yeah, probably now uh, actually. Uh The international tourists certainly uh, started to return to Hong Kong. Actually, I'm organizing a conference uh, in April, and uh, many of the participants are from, you know, uh, international, from Europe, from uh, America, Australia, and so on and so forth.
0: Yes, I think uh,
4: the momentum uh, started to build up, and you will see more and more international tourists uh, coming in.
2: right. yeah, Ms. Young um, mentioned that flights are a problem, Professor Song. Um, what else is is um, preventing us from recovering these higher-end tourism?
4: Basically, it's uh, supply constraints, right? Uh, many of the restaurants, which has been mentioned, facilities are still partially, and some of them are even not open yet. I have a friend who visited me uh, yesterday from the UK. He stayed in the five-star hotel. I don't mention which one, uh, but he said uh, the restaurants are still not fully open. They're still providing uh, set lunches or set dinners. Uh, because of lack of staff and renovation and so on and so forth. So I think, uh, you know, uh, still a lot of room to go uh, in terms of recovery.
1: All right. And Ms. Young, I have a message here from a caller, Carol, and uh, she says uh, she hopes there will be uh, some law or regulation from the government for big tour buses, which uh, are potentially dangerous because some of the mirrors stick out and uh, may clash with uh, double-decker buses in Hong Kong, and uh, that's uh, from our caller, Carol. Um, Ms. Young, is that something um, that you're also aware of? Uh,
5: not, not really, but, but uh, what we understand, uh, if the coaches for to, to service our visitors, they, they need to go for the maintenance, and then they need to certify that they are good for, for, I mean, for operations before they can, they can get it deployed.
1: All right. And and earlier, um, Professor Sung, he was talking about uh, the future or the long-term development of Hong Kong's uh, tourism industry. And he says uh, that uh, we shouldn't really focus on low-budget uh, tours. We should uh, diversify more to other tourists. Uh, what's your view, Ms. Yeo? Um,
5: I, I think I, I support that because, uh, again, as I earlier mentioned earlier, we should have different kind of tour products to cater to different kind of sectors. Uh, and And of course uh, though now we always mention about the number of visitors when can we reach back to the pre pandemic time but after all, I think we also need to uh, maybe we can also uh, look at the i i mean the overall financial impact so if we can um, hold more um, i mean high end customer and maybe after all the financial uh, i mean uh, the financial income uh, because of uh, i mean getting from this tourist Part industry will be the same, or even the more, uh, even though the number of visitors is not, uh, didn't reach. Uh, I mean, the pre-pandemic time yet.
2: Yeah, you mentioned flights and restaurants. What, so, what are, what is what are some of the conversations that the travel industry council is having with other um, sectors that can help us um, revive tourism?
5: Well, actually we have been talking to the government and then we also have been talking to uh, the secretary of uh, I mean uh, cultural um, uh, cultural uh, sports and transportation bureau and uh, even though with the uh, I I mean the uh, transport and logistic bureau as well so I think all this kind of uh, I mean all this kind of conversations already brings up the uh, I I mean the alert and also uh, I, I mean our our critical uh, issue uh, regarding on the resumption on the overall tourism. So uh, what we understand from the um, Hong Kong airport authority, they are also trying their best to, uh, I I mean, to get their staff in. Because even though, uh, I mean, the um, um, uh, foreign carriers, they want to operate more more, uh, flights uh, from here to Hong Kong. uh, That is also some, some, difficulty because of the resources over in the airport authority for 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 the ram or, or people to handling the luggage so i think uh, what what we are we are talking with different stakeholders along the way uh, particularly on the flight resumption and and hopefully we can have a, a a better achievement by the end of this year
2: isn't the cost of um airline tickets also a problem
5: uh, well, I think that this, uh, it is relatively, of course, it is relatively high at this moment. But um, with the more flights this is uh, resumed, I think that one will be, um, I, I think that that will not be a an, an critical issue anymore. And after all, yes, the flight ticket this is much more expensive right now. But that is only particularly uh, happen during the peak season time, for example, the coming Easter holiday. But yeah, let's say if you travel in this period of time, yes, this is uh, more expensive than before, but it is not that much, maybe around 20 to 30%, which, um, well, I think even though now we are operating tour in Hong Kong, even though the, the meals is, is also be jacking up the prices already.
1: And uh, Professor Song, when when we um, look at mainland tourists, do you think uh, we need to rethink our strategy on on how to attract more of them to to come here?
4: Yes, uh, I think, uh, yeah, of course, right. We need to uh, have a different uh, type of uh, strategies in terms of uh, attracting uh, tourism from uh, mainland China, especially the younger generation, the millennials who are more a friend uh, in terms of uh, uh, income level and uh, technology savvy, Uh, so developing uh, some uh, kind of uh, products linked to uh, information technology will also uh, help uh, such as virtual reality, metaverse, tourism and so on and so forth.
2: You know the, uh, the South China Morning Post is publishing an op-ed about this exact problem about the treatment of mainland tourists, and they're suggesting that there's an element of discrimination against people from the mainland. Is is that the core of the the heart of the problem, Professor Song?
4: I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, I haven't looked at into this uh, myself.
2: Fanny Yeo, what do you think?
5: Well, I, I think that is a, uh, also that is also some impact, frankly speaking. So mm-hmm. I think the overall Hong Kong, uh, the, the, uh, the city ambience that we, we need to welcome. Uh, visitors actually, all uh, I mean, from all over the places, including mainland, of course. So um, I, I think the, uh, I mean, Hong Kong Tourism Board, they have the campaign, Hello Hong Kong, that is also, uh, I, I, I mean, a positive signal. And of course, we also hope that the media reporting, when they are uh, uh, against this case, don't, um, yes, it is really, we, we, we shouldn't. Uh, I mean, particularly pointing to a particular, uh, I mean, group of customers, uh, I mean, visitors from, uh, I, I mean, from making this kind of disturbance
4: only. We We shouldn't
1: only focus on that. Right. And, and Ms. Yeung, just now, uh, Professor Song, he was talking about the different ways to attract uh, more mainland tourists to Hong Kong. Uh, what's your view on that? I mean, he was talking about how we should improve our um, technology. What do you think we, we should do?
5: Yes, I think on the other hand, what we can explore is uh the uh, the educational tour uh you you know right now for uh, mainland they have a lot of uh, I, I mean the school uh, they they also have the kind of an overseas trip right I think coming to Hong Kong, cultural wise is uh, i mean nearer I, I mean closer so i I think we should develop this uh, educational tour uh this sector which can um i mean uh, Attract more customers, I mean visitors from England, and also it is uh, on. I mean, um, this is also good for our students in Hong Kong if they have some
1: exchanges. All right, Ms. Young, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us on the program. and That's Fanny Yeung, the Executive Director of the Travel Industry Council. Many thanks also to Professor Hai Yen Song, Associate Dean at the Polytechnic University's School of Hotel and Tourism Management. It's now 9.52 and it's time to move on to our next topic about higher tuition fees at the English Schools Foundation. And we'll speak to an expert on this in just a moment.
4: 95, 95 years of public of service broadcasting Stay tuned with Hong Kong
2: I'm Gilly of Consumer Council Happy birthday, RTHK, for your 95th anniversary May I wish you always filled with positive energy Continue to discover and report accurate, impartial and objective consumer news For consumers to shop smartly every day
4: 95 years of public service broadcasting Stay, years. Tuned. Stay, tuned Stay tuned with Hong Kong
0: you're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233 266 and have your say.
1: The English Schools Foundation says it plans to increase tuition fees by an average of 5.8% in the coming academic year to help the foundation compete for staff in what it describes as an incredibly competitive market. To comment, we're now joined on the line by Ruth Benny, founder of international schools consultancy Top Schools Hong Kong. Good morning, Miss Benny. Thanks for joining us on the programme. So first of all, what do you think of the rate of increase?
6: I think it's fair. It's an average of 5.8% across um, the grades. Um, Most schools will increase their fees every year. We've been um, through some difficult times. We've had fee freezes um, for two years. Um, So English Schools Foundation is an
2: affordable
6: um, level of, of fees. Um, in my opinion, so I, I feel that the increase is fair.
2: Yeah, so so part of the problem with the ESF is they lost about 14% mm. of teachers last year. Will this fee increase help in attracting teachers again in any way?
6: I mean, I'm not privy to the inside, you know, <laughs> operations of, of the uh, ESF. Of course, teacher salaries increase every year, as, as do fees. Um, Sorry, your, your question is about will this help to alleviate the, the challenge of recruiting teachers. Yeah. I, I think, look, again, ESF is an attractive um, employer if you're a teacher in Hong Kong, if you're thinking of relocating to Hong Kong to teach. Um, all schools across Hong Kong are struggling to attract um, teachers and high caliber students. Um, that, that's the fact. That's the landscape that we're in at the moment.
1: Right, and uh, we're talking about uh, the average of a 5.8% increase. How does that compare with other international schools?
6: So I, I did a little research. There's not too many schools that have published their um, what they've applied for for 23, 24. Um, so I think ESF is one of the first. Um, but, you know, a couple of other schools have, but they're, they're much, much more expensive than, than ESF. And what ESF have done is they've actually... Um, They've incorporated they're saying that they're incorporating quite a lot of extras because of course the tuition fees that parents read on websites or the tuition the published tuition fees are often not the whole story you know there's lots of um debentures have have almost ran their course now so we've we're seeing annual levies and all sorts of different levies and again ESF has a very very um simple levy structure which is very um, fair and affordable as compared with many other schools that load up on top of the tuition fees with, with other levies. Um,
2: so how, how much How much are parents paying on average for, you know, I don't know, a 12-year-old to go to an ESF school compared with a non-ESF international school?
6: So we've benchmarked, we, we look at the top end of primary, which we see is sort of the middle of the school. So this year say for example ESS is one nineteen one hundred um compared with canadian school that's two hundred and two five hundred um hong kong international school two hundred and twenty two hundred and forty five two hundred so what we do is we actually build in the annual levy and into the tuition fee. So this is the annual expenditure that the parents will
1: be facing. All right. And of course, uh, like we mentioned earlier, one of the reasons for the um, increase is to help the ESF attract uh, teachers in a competitive environment. Um, how difficult is it uh, to hire good teachers at the moment? Is it really that competitive?
6: Um, it's been a very very difficult couple of years, um, I think even for the financial industry it's been a hardship posting for, for a couple of years, um, so we'll have to see. I think, you know, I think we'll we'll get there in the end, the, the number of vacancies, the long lists of vacancies are slowly reducing and as I say ESF are able to recruit teachers who are already in Hong Kong as well because it's definitely seen as a step up. Um, for a lot of teachers um, in Hong Kong and in the region. Um, but it has been challenging, no doubt.
1: And, and would you say part of the difficulty was uh, because of the uh, COVID pandemic, of course, and uh, now that uh, COVID restrictions are gone and uh, things are back to normal, do you, do you think it'll be easier to hire teachers in the next few years?
6: Depends on what happens in the <laughs> next few years. But, um all being well, as long as we forge forward with, um, you know, lower restrictions. Um, I just heard your, your earlier piece on the on the high air fares as well. So, if we, I don't think we are quite back to normal, but hopefully, yes, we'll we'll get there, and hopefully, things will be easier.
2: As far as you know, what are parents' responses to this 5.8% increase?
6: Um, I haven't seen any response. We, we put it out on our Facebook group the other day. As I say, I think once we start to see all of the other schools, parents parents must expect this. As I say, we 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 always publish the increases every year. Um, there always is an increase, um, so that's that's part part of parenting. You know, if you're if you're paying the private school fees, hopefully you're getting a pay rise. But often, as we know, that doesn't um, meet. Doesn't match the fee increases. But I, I feel it is a struggle for parents, no doubt. We're seeing more and more parents who are struggling to pay um, to afford the higher school fees. So, therefore, ESF is always an attractive option, being at a more affordable level. So, no doubt it will price some parents out. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's, let's hope not.
2: How does 5.8% compare with previous um, fee increase in the ESF? The know? year
6: before was 2.8%, but as I said, they've, they've They've said that they're going to um, absorb quite a number of the extras. So ESF is one of the schools. See, again, as I said... All right, uh, Miss the... Benny,
1: I'm afraid we're, we're, have, we're out of time. Okay. We have to leave it here. Thanks again for Thank joining you. us this morning. Thank you. That's uh, Ruth Benny, founder of International Schools Consultancy, Top Schools Hong Kong. Many thanks also to you who commented or emailed us today and, of course, to our guest presenter, Jenny Lam, and producer, Christine. I'll be back with another edition of Backchat tomorrow with Danny Gittings.